This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yep. I am your fearless host, Brian Petrie. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Got a good show here. Pick'em show, UFC Raleigh this weekend. There is a Bellator card this Saturday as well. Really good card. I don't ever really cover Bellator, um, besides maybe some of the bigger things. Cyborgs headlining against Julia Budd, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Very talented fighter. I believe both girls are, uh, um, how should I say this without getting sued? Let's just say they probably know the same doctors that Brock Lesnar knows. Okay. That's all I'm going to say with that, but it is a good card. There's a, there's a Aaron Pico's fighting a kid I really like. It's shocking to me that he has so much talent. He's four and three in MMA. I know he's fought some tough guys. He's fight, uh, Adam Borks is fighting Darren Caldwell. Borks beat Pico in a great fight, but P- Aaron Pico, I mean, he's got the wrestling, he's got the boxing. Like Freddie Roach says, like he could be a fucking champion boxer. Like, you know what I mean? I know all trainers say that, but I mean, why is he four and three? Right? It's crazy to me. So we got a lot of MMA action, and I want to start with saying I lied to you guys. Um, I don't lie when I get on here, right? I'll do a little fibs. I'm a good storyteller, so I may exaggerate, but I don't lie. I told you guys earlier this week that I was going to work at least two days on my job, right? I had vacation, five days might have been a little too much. I have an easy gig. You know, there's no reason me for to take five days. <clears throat> well, uh, I'm taking five days. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I was going to work Monday wife had a, you know, had a hair emergency, right? She had a rush in for a client on Monday morning. Didn't have enough time to get my mom to watch the baby. Yada, yada. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm on vacation and kind of, it's perfect because I don't have to go to work, but I wanted to work Monday. So I, I, I stayed home and I was like, well, I'll work Tuesday. Tuesday comes and I go, oh, you know, that alarm went off. I went, no, no, thank you. Right. And then Wednesday night was our, my wife and I went out to dinner last night for, uh, celebrate our anniversary finally. And so I knew I wasn't going to work Wednesday. So I go, okay, well, I'm going to take Tuesday and Wednesday, Monday too. Right. And then I'll work Thursday and Friday. No problem. Not a fuck. No, no problem there. Work two days, bada bing, bada boom. Cause I don't need five days. Right. I said it, I said it on here, uh, late last night, you know, not even late last night, like 10 o'clock I'm watching Zion Williamson, his debut. And I'm sitting there and I'm, 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 I also, you know, I'm on Twitter and everything. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't like, why would I go to work? I don't want to go to work. You know what I mean? I get a paid vacation. It's extra dollars. Sure. But I'm like, what the fuck's two days going to do? You know, take the day. Right. And then obviously there's no point of working tomorrow. Today's Thursday. So I want to apologize. I lied to you guys. I said, I didn't need five days. Well, apparently I need five days. I'm having a good vacation. And the truth be told is. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious, Michael Scott. Um, it, it seems like every time I have vacation, something bad goes wrong. Something bad happens, right? Last time I was on vacation, or not last time. Well, last time I was on vacation, I was in Disney World. I had to rush home for a family emergency, right? Uh, didn't get to stay the full week in Disney World with my family. I had to fly home, all that shit. I think I've talked about it. <clears throat> time before that, we were in, uh, I was on the beach. That was vacation in the beach, and uh, everything was good. Right. Everything was, everything happened pretty well. Um, time before that, oh, excuse me, time out before that, I had one in August right on my birthday, uh, went to work one day. I actually showed up one day and then the next day I left and I had some, 
I had to get some things cleared up with my mind and my body and stuff like that. Medically, I mean, it was, you know, it was long overdue. So I, I took that whole week of literally just going to doctors and seeing different people and talking to different people and seeing like, what the fuck's going on? Is it mental? Is it physical? Is it whatever? So that was an important week, but that was my last vacation after Disney. And then before that, we we're on the beach with the family. Uh, baby got sick, had to drive home early, right? Baby got a, baby got a fever, whatever it was. Time for that, pneumonia in March. So I'm a little skeptical about taking a full week. I feel like every time I have a vacation, something bad goes happen. So I'm thinking, well, if I go and just work and do my normal thing, something bad won't happen. But that's just kind of crazy, crazy talk. So uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to take the fucking week, guys. Okay, I don't get a ton of days off. I work five days a week every week and everyone every monday will get a holiday off but other than that you know i'm there so i'm gonna I'm take the week and i apologize for lying to you guys like like you guys care i just wanted to i don't want to be a liar is uh basically what we're saying but this usc rally card is a tough card to pick i swear i promise you last year i got such in the groove of things that i would print the card off i print the bout sheet off on like a tuesday i go over it and I would break down the people I didn't know, right? See some YouTube clips, whatever. And then I would look up the social media, see how their training was, who they trained with. You know, I, I mean, I would do my part, but most of the time I would just, I would just kind of fill it in as, as gut instincts. And I would look at the records, right? Who they fought, whatever, and then look up a little bit of tape of them. This one, right? I was, since I guess I have time on my hands this week, I went and bought Fight Pass again. And I and I went and looked at every fight I could possibly look at, watch tape on these guys. Even if I know them, I go, I'm gonna watch and see what they do. So it's still a really tough card. It is a tough card to pick. I feel like I like every underdog, but I hate every underdog. It's gonna be one of those cards. Um, I'm predicting a terrible. Either I'm gonna go ten and one. How many fights are there? Twelve. Either I'm gonna go ten and two, or I'm gonna go two and ten. You know what I mean? I don't think there's any, there's going to be any middle ground for me here. I think there's a lot of wacky fights and these cards are the types of cards that you could probably make some money on. You can also get burned on these cards pretty, pretty badly, but you can make decent money on these cards as well. Um, obviously depending on how you're betting, that's where I come in. That's where I help you. Right. Um, funny little story. I'm I'm a group chat with uh, the buddies at work. And I think on two, I had told him I was working this week. And on Tuesday, I said, I guarantee you I'll be there Tuesday or Monday. I was like, I guarantee I'll be there, but, or, or something like that. I, I said the word guarantee. And, uh, I think it might've been, I guarantee I'll be there today. So obviously I, early in the morning, I wasn't there. They're, they're firing my phone up. I take a picture of me in bed going, yeah, my eyes are just now open or whatever. And, uh, my buddy said, uh, you know, your guarantee to come to work is almost as good as your, or almost as bad as your guarantee MMA locks. Because uh, I gave him Ode Osborne last week, and he's not an MMA guy, and he uh, he lost. So, uh, fair shot, fair play. That was a clean shot. I laughed. I thought it was funny. Fair is fair. I need to get it together. Uh, I don't love giving people picks. My one buddy that I watch fights with, Steve, who's been on the podcast, he loves giving picks out, right? Like a couple guys will message him and be like, "Hey, who who you taking? Who you like? You know?" And Steve's a bigger gambler than I am. He's a degenerate. He bets fucking women's, you know, goddamn volleyball or whatever. So he's obviously an MMA fan, and they'll be like, "Who who do you like?" And he he loves giving out picks, and he's right a lot of the time, right? And uh, I hate giving out picks because if I'm wrong, I, I I feel guilt. There's guilt that is on these fucking shoulders. It's 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 terrible. 
Um, should I, you know, let's just dive in, right? I don't mean, I, there's things I could talk about. Oh, one, one little note here. Loyal listener, Tim Mitchell got the ending of the, the podcast, right? He was the first one to do it. The only one to do it. So if you're listening to this and you, and you don't know it, or you do know it and you didn't message me, go fuck yourself. So Tim, uh, I, we, we had a little exchange on Instagram or excuse me on face or uh, fuck me. How many social medias am I get wrong? Twitter. And, uh, I'm going to send him something. I don't know if it's going to be from the shelf or if I'm going to get his t-shirt size and send him a shirt. Um, but it's roadhouse guys. Okay. It's when Dalton finally it's 26 minutes into the film before he punches anybody or does anything physical, right? 26 minutes in, you're waiting for this guy, this big, not really big, this fucking cooler, the legendary Dalton to do something. 26 minutes in, he doesn't do anything. And then he smashes the guy's head on the table and the blind dude and and the, and the band goes, that's his name's Dalton. It's one of the greatest scenes in movie history. Like, I mean, you gotta know that scene guys. You gotta know it. I know I'm a thousand years old, but if you're listening to this and you're younger than 25, I'd say maybe 26, go watch Roadhouse. It's it's the best movie. It's the w- best worst movie ever made, right? It flopped at the box office, and since then it has done incredible sales through the roof. Barstool just released a double do shirt, which I need to buy. I was thinking about making my own double do shirts, but I don't know how that works. But that movie is all time. All time bad, great. I could literally, it, it, I watch it all the time. My wife had never watched it. Every time it's on, now she watches it with me. It's just, it's, it's the best. It's the best fucking worst movie of all time. Let's get to these picks. Before I go, this card was a bad, I mean, it's a decent card. Don't get me wrong. Bellator might have a better card on paper. This card's very interesting. There's some, the co main and main event are really, really good fights. There's some also good fights on here. But this was a banger of a card before things got shaken around. So we initially had Frankie Edgar versus Corey Sanhagen, one of my guys. I think that would have been a big, big coming out party for Frank, uh, excuse me, Corey Sanhagen because that's Frankie's first at 135. I think Corey could have maybe finished him um, or at least looked really dominant in that with his footwork and his long range and stuff. That got scrapped because Frankie fought the Korean Zombie. Bevan Lewis versus uh, Alaman Amadoski. Daquan uh, Townsend stepped in to fight Bevan. He's still on here. Brianna, Ver- Brianna Van Buren. Ooh, <laughs> I got eyes for Brianna Van Buren. She is very nice. I can't believe I'm still doing Borat, but every time I see a pretty girl, I don't want to be like super derogatory. So I just go, you know, Borat, who is a creep, but whatever. She was supposed to fight Hannah Cypher. Hannah Cypher or Van Buren pulled out. Josh Emmett versus Honor Allen, which would have been a classic. Emmett pulled out. And then Nick Lentz versus Nad Namardini, which would have been uh, another talented fight. But I actually kind of like the Nick Lentz fight now when he's fighting Honor Allen. So let's dive in. Tough, tough card to pick. Before we go, let me take a little swig here. Let me take a little drink. Sorry, I know I know you guys don't like me drinking in the mic. The ASMR, I'm probably sending chills down your spine or misophonia or whatever the fuck it's called. I apologize. That was a good drink. That was a good drink, Brian. Good drink. Okay. First fight of the night. Fight that I'm actually looking forward to a lot. Nate Landweir. And I think I'm pronouncing his last name right. 13 and 2. He's a minus 120 favorite. He's fighting Herbert Burns, who's 9 and 2, minus 110 underdog. Pick him fight. When this fight first, the line showed up, Nate was the underdog. Now people don't know who this guy is. I didn't know who he was. Had to look him up. Herbert coming from the contender series, submission guy. Very, very talented submission guy. Has a decent overall game, but, it, but his game is submissions. Nate 
Kind of interesting guy here, right? So he's a Tennessee boy, right? Fighting out of, uh, fighting out of Clarksville, Tennessee. But most of his fights, if not all of them, have been an M1 Global or M1 Challenge, whatever you want to call it. His last one, two, three, four, five fights, he's been over there fighting Russians, fighting fucking Russians, right? And he's a wild man. He, If you look up his YouTube highlight reel, like he's ripping his shirt off and flexing and stuff, he, he's kind of a goof. Decent skills, has good cardio. Uh, you know, he's, he's a 145er, if you didn't know. Sorry, he's featherweight. Um, it's impressive when you go over there and you beat Russians at M1. Like, they don't want Americans really to do well over there. They want Americans to kind of fall a little bit. 145 for Russians, if they're getting Dagestani guys over there, that's that's an impressive thing. There's a lot of good guys at that weight that aren't known yet, right? Um, and he's over there and he's, and he's, and he's TKO and he's knocking guys out and he's decision them and, and he's looked pretty good. Um, he's Victor Kosalek, who's, who's a big name over there. He's beat twice by decision. Other than that, he's got some KO, all three KO wins over there. So, um, interesting guy here, right? He, he, he seems pretty well-rounded, um, good gas tank. I don't know how great his submission defense is. I think his two losses, I think one is by submission. If I'm not, uh, yeah, one by rear naked choke another by decision so he has lost by uh submission before that was a while ago um and then herbert burns is a guy who is is he's gonna get the fight to the ground he does have comparable stand-up it's not fantastic but it's comparable like he can get the job done i feel like he's gonna hunt for the takedown a little too much if he gets it nate's obviously in trouble again i don't know a ton of nate i couldn't find full fights of him on on, in one i I did watch one of the full fights it was one of his decision wins looked pretty good he does have a good gas tank his punches aren't um, his striking isn't super explosive, but it's it's consistent. It's in your face. It's you know it's not bad, but it's not like lights out stuff. He does have he a lot of his KOs are kind of more overwhelming stuff where the guy breaks down. He kind of overwhelms him and TKOs him either on the ground or on the feet. Um, I like this kid. I like his personality. I like uh, you know his his training montage, which I'm hoping he put together. At least someone in his team put together. It was like really cheesy '80s music. Let me see if I can find it. Just so you can hear the music. I know you can't fucking see it, but it's the music was perfect and just imagine this guy uh you know the whole time wearing fucking uh <laughs> wearing like sunglasses okay so i think this is the one right here let's see don't yeah here we go yeah i mean look at this listen to the music that's him just winning ah oh, son of a bitch yeah here we go Oh, so he's flexing right now. Sorry if you heard my phone ringing. It's connected to my goddamn computer. Oh, okay. This isn't what I want. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. So anyway, right now he's, he's flexing with yellow sunglasses on. Just a second before that, he's wearing orange sunglasses. He's got the M1 belt holding up, pounding his chest. Here we go, right here. I mean, this is the best right here, right? Every yellow sunglasses just ripped his shirt off, flexing the camera. Now they're showing the guy he's fighting. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just the best. It's just the best. I'm hoping he put that together. Who put that together? Okay, M1 Global put that together. So maybe he didn't have much say in that. Maybe, you know, Russian guys just really love 80s music. But I'm taking Nate and I'm totally taking him. I know that was a long walk around here. I might do a video pick on him. I'm not really sure yet. Uh, interesting cat. I like this dude. I think he's talented. It's it's you don't get every day. You don't get a guy from Tennessee 
to do most of his career in Russia. It's it's a little unusual at this point. Um, and he's winning, right? And he's winning over there. He signed with the UFC. The UFC debut versus Herbert Burns, who is the Contender Series. Uh, I believe he got a contract from Contender Series submission expert. Both have similar records. Um, I'm really excited for this fight. This is the first fight of the night. I think this has a lot of... One of these guys could go somewhere in this division. I think, you know, you got Herbert Burns with the fantastic submission skills, and you got Nate with, you know, overall good skills, but also a really good personality and or a personality you hate, right? You might hate this guy if you watch that video of him flexing with the different color sunglasses on, but it's really funny. And I'm sorry that my phone rang. God, I mean, my phone's on silent, but again, it's fucking connected to, it's connected to my computer. And it's the same number calling me over and over again. I don't know who it is, right? I don't owe anybody money. I don't know who it is. Just quit calling me, right? I want to pick up and be like, who is this? And then they'll, um, you know, they got my fucking social security number when you answer the phone or some shit like that. Yeah, I don't know. Next up, Brett Johns was 15 and 2. He's a plus 105 underdog. He's fighting Tony Gravely. He's 19 and 5. He's a minus 130 favorite. This line surprised me a little bit. Brett Johns was undefeated up until two fights ago. And he's only lost by decision to Pedro Munoz and Aljamain Sterling, right? Um, those are the top of the top guys in, in that division. So it's a little odd that uh, he has a slight underdog. Tony Gray, really big, powerful guy for the division. Coming off the contender series, knockout win. I think he had a TKO win. Uh, has a lot of knockout wins as well. He's also been submitted several times in his career. Brett Johns is a fantastic submission artist. That's mainly his game. I think his striking's coming a long way. I think he did the smart thing. He took some time off after the Pedro Munoz fight, which was, I believe, yeah, so that was August 2008. So he's taking some time off. I think he's going to really refresh his game. I don't know if he left camps or not. He's Welch, which they don't have a ton of MMA over there. Um, I could be speaking out of turn. They might. If you're Welsh and you listen to this, I apologize. But I'm hoping that he mixes things up. I'm hoping that, you know, his striking is going to be good. I probably wouldn't strike with Tony Gravely. I would strike with him enough for either him to take you down or you take him down. I think a submission can happen for Brett Johns here. I think this is a perfect underdog play. Second fight of the night, plus 105. You're not risking a lot. It's not a huge turnaround. I would probably do a unit, unit and a half on Brett Johns. I think he's a live underdog. I think the line's going to close really quickly, too. So if you have a, if you can get him out of book, on a plus side, I would take them on a pick them side. You maybe want to stay away from it because there's not like a ton of upside. I mean, you could obviously, you know, potentially if it's a right pick them, you want to put a lot of money on it and you are well, so you're a huge Brett Johns fan, then obviously that's it. But Tony Gravely, a guy who's got five losses, looked okay in its contender series. He's kind of one-dimensional. He's big, powerful, strong. His uh, his cardio slows a little bit. His striking doesn't blow me away. Brett Johns, I think, is better on the ground, better technical. I just, I'm worried about that initial rust. Like, if he gets slammed on his fucking head, it's over. If, you know, he gets, you know, pieced up on the feet with a powerful guy, it's over. But if Brett Johns can can play it smart here and, and, and really use his distance, his range, Keep the fight standing for as long as he wants. Gets the fight to the ground. I mean, uh, Tony Gravely has been submitted by three times by rear naked choke. And uh, Brett Johns has no slouch on the ground. He's he's very, very talented. So I'm confident in that pick. Next up, Sarah McMahon, who's 11-5. and five. She's a minus 155 favorite. Versus Lena Landsberg, who's 10-4. and four. She's a plus 125 underdog. I'm going to save the dramatics here. I've picked Lena Landsberg three times in a row. Three times in a row she's been an underdog. Her last time out, I didn't bet her. She fought Macy, Shizan, whatever, and she won. And I, I picked her, or excuse me, maybe I think I picked against her, and she won. So the past three times, I picked against her once. All three times she won, all three times she was underdog. Sarah McMahon, good wrestler, um, talented fighter. I feel like she, I haven't seen her in a while. I don't know when the last time she fought. Let me look at her record. I feel like it's been forever, but I maybe I just haven't been paying attention. Okay, so she fought in... 
And that's grappling, grappling. Okay, so she hasn't fought in the UFC since uh, f- almost two years ago. Um, February 24th, 2018, she lost to Manuel No by Triangle Choke. And then the rest of her bouts are all uh, grappling bouts. So Lena Landsberg's a little hotter right now. She's more consistent. Um, I think, you know, she's kind of finally putting it together. She's got a good record, right? I mean, just, just two fights ago, she was eight and four, which isn't the best record. 10 and four is a much better record. You know what I mean? Uh, those two solid wins and she's beaten some really, really tough girls and, and some girls that, uh, that, you know, were heavy favorites and she came out and won and, and, and I respect the shit out of that. Um, how this fight will go down. Obviously Lena is, is a talented fighter. She's a good striker. Um, I think if she can stop McMahon's takedowns throughout the fight, I think the first round will be hard for her. I think my man's going to come hunt for those takedowns, hunt for the grappling. If Lena can survive the first round, I think Sarah slows down and Lena can piece her up. It's going to be a close fight. Going to be a decision. Um, I wouldn't bet heavily on this. I do like Lena as an underdog there at plus 125. That's an interesting number. She's coming up hot. She's on a streak right now of, of underdog wins. And, uh, Sarah McMahon has been very inactive. So, um, yeah, this is MMA. This isn't grappling, baby. I, I like Lena. I like Lena to win this fight. Next up, Mattel Jackson. This is how we do it. Bum, 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 bum. This is how we do it. It's Friday. Sorry, I apologize. Every time I see Montel Jackson, I think of Montel Williams with his fucking song. It's 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 amazing. I mean, I mean, is it is it Montel Williams? Yeah, Montel Williams. Yeah, this is how we do it, man. Oh, he fucking Montel Williams, the guy, the goddamn talk show host, popped up. He 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 didn't sing that song. Look at this. Look at this song. No ads. Ah, oh, they're showing an ad. Every time I think of Montel Jackson, this is what I think of right here. Classic. Yeah. I want to say this came out in the 90s. It could be late 80s. I think it's early 90s. This is definitely an early 90s. Here he goes. This is how we do it. Nah, 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 nah. Okay, that's it. That's all I wanted to do. Sorry, my singing is awful. But every time I think of Montel Jackson, that's what I think of. And it's a shame. It's criminal that he doesn't come out to Montel Williams. There's not a lot of Montels, and I think he actually pronounces his name Montiel. I think he might pronounce his name completely different, but it looks like Montel. It's spelled the same, minus the L. Montel Jordan has Montel Jordan, not Williams. Montel Jordan. So that's what it is. It's even closer. Montel Jackson, Montel Jordan. I'm stupid. Anyway, he's 8-1. He's a huge favorite. He's minus 650. He's fighting Felipe Corrales, 9-1. He's a plus 425 underdog. I like Montel. I, I I know you might think I was teasing with him right there. I think he's a very talented fighter. He came from the contender series. Looked really good. Um, good wrestler. Good striking. Good submissions. He's coming off a quick submission win over, or excuse me, he's coming off a, a decision win over Andre Sukumon, a submission, a quick submission win over Brian Kellenher. His only loss is to Ricky Simone by decision. It was a very close fight. Guy's a good wrestler, good grappler. Striking's come along. He's at that camp in Milwaukee that's not. Duke Rufus, right? There's a little camp up there that's I was just talking about this Saturday that, that they're doing really good. I wish I know uh knew the name of it. Fully's Corrales, he's one and one in the UFC. I believe he's one and one in the UFC. He might be no, yeah, one and one in the UFC. Lost to uh, Gerardo de Fretes by decision. The split decision, Domingo Pilarte, which I think he lost. I think he lost that fight. Um he obviously has a chance to win, right? He's flashy. He can knock you out, he can submit you. Um, that, I mean, that's, that's just the most generic thing ever. Cause that can happen in all MMA, but I just think Montel is just, is, is he's big for the weight. He's strong. He's not flashy at all. He does everything right. His submissions are really good. His takedowns really good. Um, he's always 
in the right spot with his hands, with his feet. He's never like out of place. He's not super wild, but he does have good striking. Um, I, I would, you would think he would have a little more power. I think that's going to come uh, with his striking as his striking progresses. The power will come because he's a big dude for the weight. I figured he'd have a little more power than he does, but I think he's a solid, solid prospect. I was impressed with him on the contender series. I know he got, you know, he didn't get the contract or maybe, you know, he didn't get the contract because all the fouls or whatever, but I thought he did really, really well. Um, I'm excited for this kid. I think he's, I think he's got a real spot here. I think he could, uh, maybe crack if he wins this and wins the next one, crack the top 15, crack the top 10 and get some real, real big deal fights. Um, maybe rematch Ricky Simone down the way. Um, obviously I'm all over Montel. However, do not bet this fight. Minus 650 is crazy. We all think we all learned our lesson with Roxanne. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna recommend anybody, I'm I'm not gonna run Montel, uh, recommend Montel, even though I think he's gonna win. I won't I'm not gonna tell them to go pick Felice at, at Philippe at minus or excuse me, four plus uh plus four twenty-five. I'm not gonna do that, but I mean, if you want to throw a couple bucks on like a random parlay, if if you're if you're down there last five dollars. And you're like, I need to win big hail mary effort here, maybe because of the number. But you know, there's some other big numbers on this card as well that you might be able to get, you know, a little bit more bang for your buck. I just think Montel's that better of a fighter, so I'm going Montel. Next up, Justine Kish, who's six and two, plus one thirty versus Lucy Padova, and I have never seen a women fight more deserving than this. Maybe like spaghetti and meatball. The biggest bowl of spaghetti fight I've ever seen, Lucy Padova. Is 0-3 in her last fights. Justine Kish hasn't fought since 2017. I think she has one win in the UFC. This is just filling contract at this point, right? This is the UFC going, well, we technically have to give them fights. Um, I'm not going to break down this fight because there's more fights I want to talk about. Lucy Badova, I guess, is going to win, right? She's the favorite. I picked the favorite. Justine Kish was the girl from the Ultimate Fighter many years ago with a knee injury. Um she's i think she's okay you know somewhat semi-talented i just think she doesn't fight enough right and and lucy padova has lost her last three to you know really tough girls so i'm gonna go lucy just because of, of even though she's losing she's fighting top competition and she's more active and justine kitch isn't that's it but man that's a bowl of spaghetti fight right there if i've ever fucking seen one so next up Arnold Allen, who's 15 and 1. He's a minus 265 favorite. He's fighting Nick Lentz, who's 30, 10, and 2. He's a plus 205 underdog. Now, this fight really gave me fits. Now we're starting to get in the meat of the card, and it's starting to get a little tough for your old boy here. Guys starting to get a little tough. Starting to get a little hot in here. I don't love Nick Lentz. I never have. I thought he was a guy that if if he didn't get to dictate the fight, he'd lose, right? No matter who he fought. If you stuffed a couple of his first round takedowns, he's going to lose, right? He was a one-minded fighter. He fought in Minnesota. He trained with the Sean Shirt guys in Minnesota. Uh, God, I can't remember the coach's name, but he was up there for most of his career. Switched to American top team, I believe American top team, for a couple fights. Now he's at Hard hard Knocks 365 with Usman and Henry Hoof and those guys, right? They've improved his stand-up. His head kick's really, really nice. His striking's coming along. He's not such a one-dimensional fighter as, as he was in the past. However, he does gas a lot. He is wrestling, and he slows down quite quite a bit. He did not look good in his last time out against Charles Oliveira. He got knocked out. Uh, Charles Oliveira is on a crazy run right now. So I mean, there's not. I mean, there's not. That's not the worst knockout in the world. I know they had like their trilogy fight. It was kind of. A, I remember that fight got announced. I go, what is fucking? Why would Charles Oliveira accept this fight? He's already beat Nick Lentz like twice. Like, what, what do you got to you know? What do you got to prove here? But he knocked him out. He stopped him. So he proved a lot. Um, so 
I think Nick is improving. His striking is very good. I think his striking is a little more competent, but I think he gasses quite a bit when he grapples. Maybe he wants to come out and strike with Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen, I think, has very basic striking. I think he's powerful. He's a big kid. A lot of people are high on this kid. I'm not high on him. I don't know why. I've never have been. I think he squeaks by with some of his fights. I think he's hittable. Um, you know, he's undefeated in UFC, I believe. His one loss is outside the UFC early in his career. Uh, I think his cardio is really good, and I think his pressure is good. But other than that, I don't, I don't see, I don't, I just, I, I don't know what it is. I don't love this kid. Like he's, I think he's got like one or two finishes in UFC. He's not like the biggest killer in the world. He's, he's, I don't know. He's young enough, and I get it. You know, uh, England needs a needs a guy. How many finishes does he have? I know he's got at least one front choke finish. So he front choked the shit out of Maz Burrell, and he's got a guillotine choke over Alan Omer. And then he's got a doctor stoppage over Paul Cook, but that was in the UFC. So he's got two finishes in the UFC. Um, his last time out against Gilbert Lendez, his, his striking looked very good, which I'm thinking Nick Lentz, since he gets tired off the takedowns, maybe he's going to want to strike a little bit with Arnold Allen. I think that's probably the best way to go. I'm torn on this fight because I do think Nick Lentz is one of those guys that can win any time, right? He can go out there and really shut someone up. He's a, he's a two-to-one underdog. I think that's going to piss him off. He's... You know, coming off a loss, which an ugly loss where he got finished, which I'm sure he's not happy about. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Arnold Allen hasn't lost in UFC yet. He's fought kind of a lot of the best the Europeans offer, except Gilbert Melendez. Gilbert Melendez was like his big, big test, and he decisioned a, a wash Gilbert Melendez. Gilbert Melendez didn't land a punch in that fight. Basically retired after the fight. It was just a punching bag in there. So I, I'm tempted to take Lentz, but I'm going to pick Arnold Allen. I'm going to play it safe here. It's a little bit of a square pick. This fight's going to be very, very close. I want to say stay away from him, but I think there's some really good betting here. I think if you if you take a finished prop, right, or if you take you know over under rounds, if you go under, I think there's going to be a payday there. And Lentz being two to one, I don't think he should be a two to one. I know he's coming off an ugly loss, but I think this is a bad matchup for Arnold Allen. I think Lentz, Lentz doesn't have the best takedown defense in the world. He can be taken down, but he's good in scrambles. He has good takedown defense, but or I mean, he has good takedowns, excuse me. I don't really think he's going to be pressuring the takedown here. I really think he's going to be kind of maybe standing up with uh, with Arnold Allen, who's got very long, straight boxing, but it's nothing that I don't think Lentz has ever seen before, and Lentz does have a pretty sneaky little head kick. So I'm going to go Arnold Allen, but I'm not, I'm, I don't love it. It's going to be a close fight. Good close fight here. Next up, Bevon Lewis, who's eight and two. He's a minus four hundred favorite versus Daquan Townsend, who's twenty one and nine, who's a plus three hundred. This fight's kind of weird, right? I don't love Bevon Lewis. I've never have. I think I've I, I picked him against Uri Hall. I got knocked out, and then I went against him on the Darren Stewart. Those past two fights look good in the contender series. I believe he's a Jackson guy. Um, you know, I just I I you know I, he just seems very average to me. He seems like there's a, maybe some kind of mental block there. Dwayne Townsend has been fighting forever. It feels like right. He's thirty years or thirty fights in. Uh, his UFC debut he took on a couple weeks notice. Got fucking smacked around. Then popped for like every jug in the world. Fentanyl, oxycotton, like I mean everything was in a system, right? Huh? And he goes, oh, and I'm not a drug guy. I just I was hanging around the wrong crowd. Like that can just get in your system anyway. Yeah, I know how to get in your system. You fucking snort it, you shoot it, pal. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how fentanyl, which is killing thousands, millions of people all every day. I don't know how that gets in your system, right? Unless you're a cop and you're handling drugs every day. Like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? So he came out and said that, you know, but he's got a lot of ugly wins on his record. He's an explosive guy. He's a big dude. He's got decent striking. He's got some submissions. He's pretty real rounded, but 
I, I just don't love him, right? I don't love this fight at all. I, I don't want to bet this fight. It's so, so high. I mean, Daquan Townsend's a 3-1 to one underdog, and Bevan Lewis is a 4-1 to one favorite. That's crazy to me. Bevan Lewis has one win in the UFC. He's coming off two losses. That's how they bad they feel about Daquan Townsend. This could be a huge upset. I smell a huge upset. I'm picking Bevon, even though, again, another square pick, square pick for the square guy. However, I'm not, I'm staying everywhere away from this bet. Even if I want the action at plus 300, even if I have a little inkling that this could be upset city, I don't want it, right? I just, I don't want it because I'm, I'm just nervous about this fight. This could be a fight where Bevon comes out, knocks him out in three seconds, or it's, it's a war where he gasses like he did against Uriah and fucking Daquan knocks him out. I don't know. I don't want to bet for a drug guy because he can come in with cocaine in the system. You can't feel anything. Who fucking knows? Bevon, I think, is disappointed. Severely disappointed. So I'm staying away from this fight. This is a no bet. I literally wrote on my paper, no bet. No bet this fight on my side. Now, if you want to take it, go ahead. But officially, for the record, I'm picking Bevon. Next up, you have Jamal Hill, who's 6-0, and minus-135 favorite. He's fighting Darko Stoziak, who is 13-3, plus-105 underdog. This line's moving a little bit. So this is the second hardest fight for me to pick, right? I've, I like Darza, Darko Starzak. I think I betted him on every single one of his UFC fights, right? Maybe his last one I didn't do, but he's lost, right? Uh, his one win in the UFC, he uh, TKO'd Jeremy Kimball, which, you know, I think I could do with, you know, I think I can knock out Jeremy Kimball. Shout out Jeremy Kimball, who I don't know, but I'm calling you out, kid. Uh, you know, this kid kind of disappointed Darko, in my opinion, right? Jamal Hill's a guy 6-0. and Now, I've been burned by guys coming off the contender series with a really really young record like that right i rewatched his fight today in the contender series he looked pretty good he looked a little shaky with his hands in the first round he kind of keeps his chin up in the air but he does have a really good left kick really good left straight he's aggressive looks like he has strong hips not the best wrestler in the world but stoziak is kind of a guy that you know keeps it high and tight keeps his elbows tucked in protects that body doesn't blow me away. You know, he's explosive, but that's it. Jamal should be able to pick this guy apart, right? He should be able to land kicks, land head kicks, land straight lefts. Darko's a tough, tough dude, but this could be a decision win from Jamal if he has gas, if he can move around, if he can watch out for the big shots. Darko does have a judo background, so he can take this fight to the ground if he won it. I don't know if he's going to want to do that or if he can. Jamal's uh, bigger than him. I think Jamal's 6'4", Darko's six, six foot. It's going to be a, obviously a reach advantage for Jamal. The only reason I'm hesitant, Jamal's a slight favorite, which minus 135 is a really good line, right? If you're all in on Jamal Hill. And I kind of am. I think he's talented. I think he does have some power. I think he's really raw raw and green, but I think they can clean that up. I don't know where he's fighting at him. I should look that up. Who is he? What team? Michigan. Okay, so fighting out of Michigan. I'm not sure who his camp is. Um, I haven't looked him up on social media, but um, I'll have to look up who he's training with in Michigan because Michigan isn't like the biggest hotbed for MMA. There's not a lot of ton of, I mean, there's great boxing gyms up there, but there's not a ton of MMA gyms in Michigan uh, that are like, world renowned um unless i'm forgetting one but odie osborne was five and zero, or excuse me alexa kamara was five and oh he looked very sloppy odie osborne had a great record coming on the contender series and, you know and, and, he, and he dropped an egg against a more experienced guy darker stoziak 16 fights former champion over there in europe heavyweight champions cutting down the 205 i'm gonna take hill i like hill i think he has the skills to do it i love this fight to pit, bet as well Either side, either way you want to go, I'm leaning Hill just because of his high kick. His left high kick is really dangerous. His left straight's pretty dangerous as well. He keeps his chin a little high for me. Darko does explode with a good right hand. And I, I obviously haven't seen Hill off his back. He didn't really get put on his back on the contender series. 
Um, he's young though, right? He's just so fight young. He's only 28, right? 28's not super young, but only six and L, right? That's not a ton of fight time, but he's very confident. His fight with the contender series, he's very confident in his skills and shaking his head at kicks and, you know, you know, kind of waving them on. There were some fouls that weren't fouls or whatever. Uh, it was an entertaining fight. So I'm going to take Jamal Hill. And I like that. That's one of the fights I might talk about on my video. I don't know. I, I have it kind of highlighted here. I got to think about it a little more. Okay. Next up plus one forty five. Hannah Cyphers, 10 and three versus Angela Hills, 10 and seven. She's a minus minus one seventy five. Angela Hill, this is a perfect spot. Angela Hill take this fight on short notice and, 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 and leave with an, leave with a win or leave with an upset. Hannah Cyphers, I don't know why I said hanging those ciphers. Hannah Cyphers is one of those girls that uh, can show up and win. She has a good record. Um, I think she has the game to beat Angela Hill here. I'm going to take the underdog. I'm going to take Cyphers to beat Angela Hill. Angela Hill's taking this fight on short notice. Hannah Cyphers has some good wins. Angela Hill's been in there with tougher competition, in my opinion. But Cyphers, you know, his only loss is to uh, Macy Barber in the UFC. Then she has a split decision win on Polly Viana and Jody Escobar. She decisioned her, which was a big win for her. Um, Angela Hill's great stand-up. Her, her ground game is coming along slowly, but her, her tie, her kicks, everything's brutal. She's violent in there. I like Angela Hill a lot. She's a must-follow on Twitter. She's very, very funny. But I just think Hannah Cyphers might be a little too much here. I think uh, Hannah Cyphers, as an underdog play, I like it. I don't love it. I, I'm probably not going to bet it if I'm being completely honest with you guys. Um, I don't like betting women's fights anymore just because I fucking lose. But, I mean, with, an, with a women's fight, Angela Hill, you know, I've seen her get steamrolled before. And I think Hannah Cyphers can mix things up with her striking and her grappling to really confuse Angela Hill. And uh, Hill's always in shape, so the short notice really doesn't matter. I, it, with cardio, I think it only matters with maybe game planning, right? Because Angela Hill only has one way to win, and that's maybe getting a clinch. Keep her on the outside, throw some kicks, throw some hands, bust her up with elbows, you know, get some cuts. Um, Angela Hill's a very talented fighter. But I just, if Angela Hill was the underdog, I might take Angela Hill, but I'm going to go with Cyphers just because I think she's uh, kind of a little quiet girl there with that one loss in UFC, and I think she can maybe really shine here. This might be, this might put her over here at Strawweight. Next up, Jordan Espinoza, 14 and 6. He's a pl uh, plus 200 underdog. He's fighting Alex Perez, who's 22 and 5. He's a minus 250 favorite. Another fight that really stumped me here. Um, Jordan Espinoza is a guy that I took against Matt Schnell, his UFC debut. He got choked out. But he looked aggressive. He looked good. He's he's a big, beefy wrestler. Um, was on the contender series like two or three times before he finally got signed. Decent striking. Um, submission defense obviously needs to work on because Schnell tapped him out. Alex Perez, a guy I really, really like. I like Alex Perez. Um, good striking. His first fight in the UFC was against uh, Jose Torres. Excuse me. Was it against No. His first fight I saw in the UFC was against Jose Torres, and he knocked him out. He's got a win over Kevin Gray by choke. Uh, Carlos D. Tomas by Darce choke. Eric Shelton by decision, which is not an easy win. His only loss in the UFC is to Joseph Benavidez in round one. Benavidez caught him with a big punch. And remember that? He like finished him like twice, kind of. It was kind of a weird thing by the ref. Uh, he rebounded after the, the Benavidez loss and beat Mark De La Rosa by decision. Perez is a sharp kid. He's got good stand-up. He's got a lot of wins by submission. Espinoza is a big dude. He's going to try to steamroll Perez. I hate the line, right? I hate the line. I'm thinking about taking Espinoza at plus 200. But I just, I like Perez's skills. I like his skills. So I'm going to go with Perez. Minus 250. I think Perez is, is a little bit of a favorite. Too big of a favorite in my opinion. I think he should maybe be at minus 185, 190 tops. 
I think uh, Espinosa should be, maybe be at plus 150. So you're getting a good number next to Espinosa who can easily ride this out with just a three-round decision, take Perez down, take Perez down. But uh, I think Perez is prepared for that. I think he's got good skills. He's, I think he's out of Team Oyama, which which has good cardio, good wrestling, uh, people that come out of that camp. So I'm going to go Perez. Nothing flashy. You know, it, it is what it is. I think Perez can catch him with either a submission or a punch, and I think he can put him away. I think it'll be a very good fight. I do. I think it's going to be an interesting fight. Come in event time. Rafael Dolceños, who's 29 and 12, minus 260 favorite versus Michael Chiesa, 15 and 4, plus 200 underdog. This is the fight, the hardest fight to pick on the card, in my opinion. The hardest fight to pick on the card. I almost picked the heavyweight fight because the heavyweight fight to me is easier to pick the main event than pick this one. I've left this blank. I want to talk it with you guys out. I'm going to take a drink. Okay, I'm going to take a drink. How long are we running here? I feel like I've been talking for two years. 40 minutes, that's not bad. You guys can listen to me for four minutes. All right. Got that done. Tough fight. Tough fight to pick because I think Kiesa has looked really good at 170. I follow him on Instagram. He looks beefy. He looks big. He looks strong. He's long. He's a good wrestler. He's good on the ground. Better on the ground than I thought. He's got a lot of submission wins over some good guys. Problem is, he also has given up a few submissions against himself, right? At 170, though, he's big and he's strong, and I like that, right? His two performances at 170, Carlos Conti, but he fucking took Carlos Conti's arm home with him, right? Diego Sanchez, all over Sanchez, right? Had a couple submissions in there, but Diego's resilient he's tough but he just bullied him big brother diego the whole fight rda is an interesting guy because he fights the who's who this guy doesn't quit this guy fights whoever getting a little up there in age is he washed because everyone he's fought does he have a run at 170 in him he's fought for the title against colby covington lost he's fought all the top competition he's got a title interim title shot at 170 and he lost if he beats kiesa they're gonna put him right back in with He's coming off a of Leon Edwards loss, but he, he beats Kiesa. They're putting him in there at the top of 170 again. Kiesa wins. He's ranked 19 at welterweight right now. He'll probably crack top 15, and he'll probably slowly move his way up. But RDA wins. I think it skyrockets him to the top five. He's ranked number seven right now. Um, tough, tough fight to pick because I can see this going two ways, right? RDA doesn't have the best takedown defense, but he's got great kicks. He's got great punches. Kiesa does not have the best striking. Or striking defense. I can see Kiesa getting his fucking leg chewed up and going to the ground and just, it, and it, it's just too much. It's too much for him. I, I see him getting TKO by leg kicks. That's what I have in my mind. However, I also can see him come in, catching one of those legs, taking RDA down and just smothering him for three rounds. He's a big, strong dude at 170. I think he could hold RDA down. RDA could maybe wiggle to his feet. He's been underneath big, strong guys before. Kamar Usman, for example, Tyron Wood, or man, not Tyron Woodley. What am I thinking? But Karma Usman, for an example, kept taking him down. Uh, RDA just never has had good takedown offense. His submissions are very good when he's on top. Not great off his back. He's not a killer off his back. Kiesa has great submissions on top as well. When he's on his back, he could threaten with some arm bars. He can threaten with some scrambles, but more than likely... RDA can get an arm triangle choke on Kiesa and it'll be over. I see RDA winning this fight nine out of ten times, but I'm not happy, but I feel like Kiesa in this new weight without the, without the weight cut, the horrible weight cut, he's going to be too big, too strong. And it's going to be one of those nights where he's just going to smother RDA. He's, it's going to be a close fight. I don't see a finish happening on Kiesa's side. The only way Kiesa's winning, I think, is, is probably by uh, by uh, decision. 
RDA could finish this with leg kicks by knockout by submission. RDA is very, very dangerous. Nine out of 10 times, I think he wins this fight. But on this night, on Saturday night in Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm letting it hang out and let my nuts down. Put my nuts on the table and I'm saying plus 200, yes. Two to one odds, yes. I'm betting this fight and that's all there is to it. I don't have, this fight can go so many different ways that I don't want to sit here and break them all down and spend another fucking hour. I see Kiesa taking some early leg kicks, closing the distance, getting in a clinch, getting a body lock takedown, double leg takedown, chain wrestling, get him down, dominant positions. He'll get mounted at one point. He'll get his back. Probably can't finish RDA. RDA is very tough to finish with submissions. Rough him up. Enter the first round. Second round comes out. RDA still kicking those legs, kicking the body, kicking the head. He's going for a little more aggressive now. Kiesa works the takedown. Dominant position. RDA may work, maybe work his way back to the feet, but Kiesa dumps him again. Enter the second round. Third round, RDA's got to let it all hang out. However, he's a little tired. Kiesa's probably a little tired as well. This is the third round that... RDA could win. He could finish him with, with, with them both being tired. I think Kiesa is going to get a takedown. He's going to smother him. It could be a very, very close fight. That's what I see happening. That's what I envision. I also envision leg kick stoppages by RDA. So what the fuck? Well, you know, my brain's all over the place. All right, main event time. Curtis Blades, 12-2, minus 250 favorite versus Junior Dos Santos. 21-6, plus 195 underdog. Um, I love this main event. I love this. You know, right? Like Curtis Blades, his... Only two losses in the UFC are to Francis Ngannou, right? That's not a bad guy to lose to. Junior Dos Santos is very Francis Ngannou-esque, right? He's a, a little bit of an older version of Francis Ngannou, but he does have big one-punch power. That is, seems what's the problem with Curtis Blades. Uh, Junior Dos Santos hasn't shown great takedown offense. We all we all see, saw in the Cain Velasquez fights. Um, I feel like Curtis Blades' striking is better than people give it credit for. His cardio is incredible um i see him taking this fight in the deep waters i see him maybe finishing dos santos on top uh getting on top and throwing his elbows a la what he did with alistair overeem blades is a fucking beast he's strong he could get caught he can get caught with uppercut junior santos has great boxing i feel like he's slowed down a little bit um his kicks aren't what they used to be either i think his hips have slowed down a little bit his boxing's still very good but again i think it's a little slow it's not what it was i can see him coming out keeping his hands low um, I think I think he'll take a shot from Curtis uh, with a right hand or a left hook or whatever. Curtis does throw some decent kicks as well. This is just kind of the new breed coming in, a guy, a heavyweight who's not the biggest heavyweight in the world, kind of tram, thick, big kid. Don't get me wrong. He's a big kid, but a little bit trimmer, kind of like a junior Santos when he came in the UFC, a little bit trimmer, but just with way more skills. I think Curtis Blades can take this fight anywhere he wants, right? And I, and I don't see the power being that big of an issue. I think Curtis is going to come in there with confidence, go after him, look for another finish, get that title shot. He's ranked at number four right now. This is four versus five. I mean, he, he, needs, he, he you know, needs to go in there. He didn't have the greatest win over Justin Willis. That was a little letdown because that was kind of a, a, a bad blood fight. But I think if he goes in there, finishes Junior Dos Santos after uh, DC and Stipe finished their business, He's got to say, say DC beats Stipe. DC is going to retire immediately. The, the heavyweight title is going to be up in there, right? I think you need to do either Stipe if he wants it, if he doesn't get fucked up too much, or Blades in the winner of Aganio Jerezino uh, to fight for the title. Blades is already in there. This is, think of this as a tournament. If DC wins, that might be the best option for Curtis because the title is going to go up in the air. 
And then if Stipe loses, he'll need to take some time off. He's not going to jump right back in there. DC wins, he'll retire. Title's up in the air. They need to crown a new champion. You got, in my opinion, you got three guys. You got Jairzino, you got Francis Ngannou, you got Curtis Blades. Those three guys, obviously two of them are fighting each other, so it's going to come down to one guy. And Stipe, if he loses. Stipe obviously deserves the right to fight for the title, but if he loses, he's probably going to get fucked up, so he can't fight for a little bit. Now, if Stipe wins, he'll want to take some time off. He's not going to rush in there and fight Curtis Blades or Ganyu again, right? He's going to have to take some time off. I think this is a good spot for Curtis to come out, destroy Junior Dos Santos, pin his name to that title, come out, cut a promo, said, I want that fucking belt. Let's go. And those are my picks. So I'm going to do a video pick because everyone likes them. And uh, man, who should I? Uh, let me, I'm going to keep the video pick a surprise. It's between two fights. It's between two fights. Let's be honest. Okay. But my lock of the night, my underdog lock of the night is going to be Brett Johns. I really like Brett Johns' underdog lock of the night. I think that's a definite bet, right? And then my lock lock of the night for favorites, I mean, you can go a lot of different ways. I want to go the easy way and pick uh, Montel because minus 650 is crazy, but I'm going to go Curtis Blades. I think Curtis, there's no way Curtis Blades lose. He'll be the lock of the night as well. Put heavy money on both those guys. You want to parlay those guys, get yourself some cash. That's fine. Um, I'm going to have a video pick up probably Friday or Saturday, day of the fights. I'm not really sure yet. Um, and that's it. Oh, and I posted a little silly video. I'm not, I wasn't being serious when I kicked the wood guys. Okay. I wanted to kick it, leg kick it like a real kick. And my wife said no. So I did a little funny video. I said, if, if I got five comments, I'll post a blooper. There's a video I shot right before that, that didn't go as well. And it's, you know, my wife's laughing and it's pretty funny. Am I, you can hear my daughter in the background. So I'm going to post that because my wife has three different Instagrams and she commented on all of them. Some of you guys commented on them. My father commented on it. So technically I did get five comments. So I'll post that right after I post this. Uh, enjoy the fights. We got some good fights. Fight Saturday, man. Bellator is going to be great. If you don't have the zone, stream it. Find a way. <laughs> you know, DMs are open if you need, you need help. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have a stream, but maybe I do. Okay, so that's it. Enjoy the outro. Enjoy your weekend. Let's go. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! 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 Come on, man. Woo! Hey, pal, we don't want to Come on, motherfucker. Back. Come on. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.